welcome to the podcast Life of Emerald. We all have mental and physical health. You know they go both hand in hand. They are connected. But how we as society stigmatize mental health to our detriment? Let's talk about it. You're listening to the podcast Life of Emerald. I'm your host, Kate. We are a spiritual organization empowering millennials and Generation X to stand up to the universal truth grounded in oneness with a creation based on love, peace, harmony. Be true to yourself. We balance the science and spirituality, modern innovation and ancient wisdom. Shall we normalize mental health in 2022? This is a global movement. Make mental health normal. Our honorable guest today is Marenka Pascuyu born and raised in Romania. Now she lives in the US with her family. Her life experiences have offered her stark contrast that now affords her the ability to carve her own path. She's most comfortable at the intersection of spirituality and practicality. After pursuing worthiness and belonging in the outer world, she realized that the most important and challenging space to find and integrate her authentic voice inner authority and ultimately open her heart to unconditional love is within the family. They hold up the mirrors and push the buttons of the most hidden and disowned aspects of ourselves. She inspires and engages women across all backgrounds who are self-employed in the role as mothers, have the potential to change the trajectory of our future, break the unconscious patterns of the past, and pass on a new heart awakened legacy. I'm proud to introduce and interview mother, wife, writer, leader, Marenka. Welcome. Kate, what a delight. Thank you. I am honored and thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you. I am honored to host you here and um, pleasure to see where, where it ends. Yes, me too. (laughs) Well, let's get started. What is your view on mental health in general? My view on mental health, I would like to preface that it's a personal opinion based on observations and life experiences. That our mental health is almost like the symptom. It's the effect of a fragmented way of being. It's one of the things in the modern world where we view ourselves as separate parts. You know, our mind and our body and our emotions and we don't bring ourselves together. We show up as fragmented human beings. And I like to call mental health almost like um, It's a mental pain. It's a cry for help. It's a mind that it's crying for integration, wanting to be whole again. So it's almost like uh, being an orphan, you know, (laughs) somewhere out there without having the warmth and the safety of being whole. I love the analogy of being orphan when it is segmented and fragmentalized as if mind and body or soul what have you are separate things now your message is to bring them all together cool what is yeah yeah what's your one personal story pertaining to mental health which has shaped your life view today there are many but there is a thread as i was thinking about that 
there is a common thread where I used to call myself a professional warrior. I worried a lot. And I realized that gave me, you know how they say, a low-grade fever. I had a low grade of anxiety that kind of was the common thread throughout my whole life. And even though I have started meditating in my early 20s, almost 27 years ago, learned to counterbalance that anxiety, that unease with myself has given me opportunities and instances to have highs and lows throughout my whole life. And one particular episode was right when I was turning 40. I had a major heart opening experience where for the very first time in my life, uh, while I was meditating and really desiring to know my true self, I had this heart opening experiential knowing of my true self for the very first time. That episode kind of carried me on a high note for almost a whole year. It felt as if life was more colorful, more intense, more luminous. I was gentle with myself and the people around me. The grass was greener. Uh, the birds were singing in a certain way. And then I experienced the contrast again, right after that height. It was the height of my, of my life. I had the lowest of my life. So I was experiencing the contrast. I had not, I did not know how to integrate that lightness. So the disowned parts of myself, the insecurities, the needs, inability to accept. And I don't want to call dark or light or good or bad. I prefer to refer to those states of being as dense or rarefied, you know, like the uh, kind of heavy and then the gases are really, really rarefied and light. It's the same thing with our states of being. I was feeling really dense emotions and it felt really heavy. I remember having a hard time even lifting my legs. So I had lived big contrast and I realized that the mind, I had ignored the power of the mind and I had not given it what it really required. It needed attention. It needed to be honored more than I was willing to give in that particular moment. I mean, how could you? Society don't teach us about this. No. Yeah. yeah, so those are things that are, feel like they spring out of the rigid mindsets and beliefs that we're inheriting. And they were put into our subconscious mind at a time when we didn't have a choice. So we're dealt our family and our ancestral beliefs and it's, our job to kind of navigate and, and learn to get out of that on my on our own. You know what I love about your bio is you help women role as mothers have the potential to change the trajectory of our future. And the cards that we are dealt with by society and our parents are, may I say, outdated. And yes. now you and I knew a better path to unconditional love by going through plethora of emotions, including the joy and the shame, all of it, 
you have the ability to change the trajectory of listeners here. Now, but part of me wants to provide some shortcut. And so, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know we live in a society of instant gratification. Yes, I feel that there is going to be a time when the inner technology is going to catch up with the outer technology. There is the gap there. Absolutely. That's why we're having this conversation. <laughs> yes. well, Marenka, what has helped you get through the mental health challenges? There are twofold. Um, the one that is the most important is claiming and accept responsibility and accountability for my own, my own well-being. Not looking outside for the world to tell me how to take care of myself. And inwardly, for me, has been incremental to have a heart-centered meditation. And I want to point out why heart-centered meditation. Being able to focus away from the mind. We identify with our mind. When our seat of consciousness is in the brain, we don't ever get a break. So being able to center in the heart while meditating, it's almost like taking a vacation away from the brain. Being able to breathe and be present. The other aspect is having a practice of self-compassion and kindness. And through that is to be able to name and own our pain, whatever it is that we're struggling with in the moment, naming that emotion and the struggle and realize that it's our shared humanity, that every single human being has the potential to feel that at some point in their lives. And then the third one is, it's a process of forgiveness, a forgiveness alchemy, but not with really intent to stay stuck in forgiveness because that really means that there is judgment, but ultimately to get to understanding. And from there, we can launch into the energy of love. I mean, you say three significant tools that are deeper than what we can talk about today. Um, I know. <laughs> it's so beautiful. There is scientific evidence to naming our emotion. And for example, yes. when I say I am feeling anxious, the power of the anx anxiousness dissipates. That's what you're giving us here. Part of the three solutions here. But what is your go-to strategy for calming your mind instantly? Instantly is the heart-centered meditation. And it almost, you know, like when they do in school fire drills, to teach children what to do when there's an emergency. I kind of train myself to go to the heart when there is trouble. And I started doing that by setting alarms and putting sticky notes in strategic places. And I started with 30 seconds to three minutes practicing. So it becomes the safe place. Well, I love how practical this can get. <laughs> I, am, I am extremely practical. <laughs> to me, yeah, anything that is just a thought or a concept, unless it applies into my everyday now moment, it's useless. Uh, uh, uh. And like the fire drill, you bring your energy from your head, the seat of consciousness, as you mentioned, to your yes. heart. We can yes. get better as we practice this. Yes. 
So how do you know when we're in the heart rather than the head? Well, I'll give you another analogy. Have you ever had a throbbing toe? Mm. Mm -hmm. So you can do life, but you're consciously aware of your throbbing toe. It, it doesn't go away, but you still function. Instead of having a throb, you have joy in your heart. You start feeling, you develop the energies of your heart by soliciting, you know, the emotion of gratitude and love. And you start experiencing while you're bringing that to mind and you can put your hand on, on the heart and just noticing the movement. There is an energy field, there is an inner river that starts flowing through you. That is the true essence. Mm -hmm. And as we experience it, it's not knowledge, it's a knowing. Mm -hmm. And therefore it's an embodiment and it's always going to call us. It's the calling of our spirit calling us home. Home is where the heart is, they say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I ran into a situation where I'm doing heart guided meditation and the feedback is that, oh, I'm feeling pain in the heart. How do you resolve that? Oh, wow. That's a very good question. <laughs> From my experience and to those who I encounter and we talk about this, for a very long time, I experienced pain and that is the hardness that we've put, the shield that we've put around our heart to protect ourselves. So that's where that forgiveness and self-compassion, it almost peels the layers one by one, gently, safely. We have to get to the point where it's safe to feel and it's safe to be ourselves. So embracing that pain and holding that Yes. In that field. The wholeness. Wholeness. It's not leaving any part of ourself. It's like, you know, no child of mine left behind, no aspect of me that I am not willing to accept and bring home. And <laughs> that is the pain of going through that. Yes. The ache of remembering. This is really powerful, Marinka. Mm. What is your six word story you'd like our audience to take with today? I would say that the mind fights peace in, in service to the heart. So the heart is the boss. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the mind can be a, a co-creator and a pilot, but the mind is in service. The heart needs. I love this shifting our perspective from the head to heart. Yes. Mm. Well, Marika, how do our audience get in touch with you? At this moment in time, I can be reached via email. And my direct email is marinkap at gmail.com, which is M-A-R-E-N-C-A-P at gmail.com. And then on Instagram, it's marinkap. Cool. Well, I appreciate your insight and grounded practical wisdom, Marinka. Thank you, Kate. This has been a delight again, and I am just honored to be part of uh, your project. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today, empowering millennials and Generation X to stand up to what's normal. I appreciate your time. This is an episode series, Make Mental Health Normal with Life of Emerald, 
advocating for listeners like you. For more information, subscribe to our community Instagram page at lifeofemerald underscore. Finally, visit our homepage, lifeofemerald.com. Till next time, take care.